0: read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance jagger cole has a brand new book the bratva's locked up love now in kindle unlimited i'm locked behind bars with a beautiful monster I might be one of the youngest surgeons in the country, but as the in-house doctor in the hellish, top-secret prison my father runs, I'm like a trapped dove in a cage with bars that are all too real. That is, until prisoner 5049 ends up on my operating table. He's massive and strong, his powerful body marred with tattoos and a maze of scars that tell a story. It's obvious that he's dangerous. His presence terrifies me. Everything about him tells me to run. And yet, I can't seem to get away from him. Even at night in my dreams, Maxim is there, haunting me. Nobody can tell me how or why he's here. But when a prison break loses the monster himself, I suddenly find myself locked in hell with the very devil who's been stalking my dreams. This is wrong. His gaze shouldn't set my body on fire. His voice shouldn't melt me into a puddle. His rough touch should make me tremble in fear, not ache for more. The rules of Yellow Creek Prison are simple. Don't get too close. Respect the fear you feel. Don't let your guard down. I broke them. Now I'm his. This extra steamy, extra gritty Bratva Cat to Romance comes with a few trigger warnings, but is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Safe. Absolutely no cheating. No cliffhanger. And a perfect happily ever after. That's the Bratva's Locked Up Love by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back to another week of Remy Romance. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have a brand new book from Mae Harden. It's called Anyone But You. We'll tell you all about it in a little bit, but get excited. I mean, season nine is just, it's going to... It's going to be fucking hell. <laughs> it's
1: going to be like, it's so much work, but I'm so excited. Because um, yeah, that there's so books. many new books. Yeah. Fresh content. Mm,
0: yep. It's brand new books every week. I don't think anybody's even putting in old material that they've released. I think it's all fresh stories. Yeah. And I'm so excited because there's a ton of authors that are new to me that mm-hmm. I, like, I've like interacted with on Facebook or Instagram forever. And I was just finally, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Or like they would ask us, they would email. Like I tell people all the time, anybody can be on this podcast. It doesn't matter. Like you write romance, come on, we'll let you in. Just send <laughs> us an email, gmail.com. It doesn't matter how many books you've published. You know, if you if you want to get on it, make it happen. So, anywho's, so yeah, we have May Harden this week. Anyone but you, I'm super excited about it. She is so sweet. And together, like really organized with her stuff. She sent her book like way early. She was like, here's your blurb. Here's your covers. Da, da, da. I'm going to do this giveaway this week. She listens to the podcast. So she was like, this is going to be my giveaway. <laughs> like, <it was> just, <laughs> like she had it together. I was like, this is amazing. I love I when you. they have it ready to go. Yeah. Me yes. too. Here's her book bio. It's, or her author bio is really cute. Hot with a plot is Mae Harden's personal motto. Mouthy relatable heroines and alphas with marshmallowy insides are her addiction. Like sold. May Harden writes contemporary romance with a penchant for dirty talk, a healthy dose of humor, and a sprinkle of kink. She lives in Virginia with her husband, two young children, and a chunky cat. <laughs> May loves to bake and makes homemade wine to keep up with the household demand. You can find it. her at mayharden.com. I, I believe that's what her website is. I, didn't, I, I looked up her website, but I don't think I write it down. I'm going to double check. And the all chunky cats are in here. Oh, yes. So. You know, the the chunky cat part, I was like, is this Melissa? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this her? It's M-A-E-H-A-R-D-E-N, mayharden.com. So you can find her there. And we'll tell you more in just a little bit about her book, Anyone But You, that we're going to play for you this week. They are so excited about, but first I want to start off with, I've realized that I can't have four children (laughs) because, so I have my kids and we went to the beach for a week and then we brought home my niece and nephew who are older. And I have to say, they're so easy. Mm -hmm. Like teenagers are like, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do
1: anything when you're not responsible
0: for how they turn out. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly it and i was just like i asked I, I sometimes was like do you want chick-fil-a for dinner and they're like yeah i was like okay Gr- no complaints <laughs> this is amazing but meanwhile my two kids are like even worse because they're here because they're just so jacked up and excited like yeah. there's company they're staying all week this is amazing <laughs> But I'm like, wow! This is there's a lot of people. There's a lot of dishes. There's a lot of yeah. I would say yeah. it does
1: make a lot more messes, even if they try oh to be God. clean behind themselves. Yes. It's still,
0: it's still like there's four blankets out instead of two on the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just it's like wow. There's there's a lot of uh, you know I'm putting them to use this week. I'm I'm getting some child labor laws enacted <laughs> in the house. I'm putting them to work. You know, it was it was a selfish demand bringing them here. So. I'm excited about it. It has its
1: pluses and then
0: it has its downfalls. Having yeah. <laughs> As we learned last week. Yeah. If you want to know Mel's up-to-date saga, go check out last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, so I went to the beach this past week with my family and it was so nice. And one of the things that I think is my absolute favorite part of hanging out with family is when my dad gets the giggles. When he laughs, it's like, it's. It's like that hound dog laugh, like, where it's it's silent, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, "Ah!" (laughs) you know, like, it's just, like, he's choking. It's so funny. Oh, my God. And we had the best time, and, like, at one point, my brother and I were on the beach, and my mom was like, I never realized how similar you two are from behind. She was like, you both stand the same. You walk the same. She's like, this is weird. Really? And yeah, yeah. It was funny. Like, we were both walking out to the beach or something, and we were, like, talking or whatever, and we came back up. We were probably peeing in the water. And so, like, when we came back up, my mom was like, she's like, that was really crazy. You know, i <laughs> seen you two from behind, so... So, yeah, but it was a fun time. Like, it was just so nice to be in a different location and to hang out with everybody and we had some good seafood and just, just de- relaxed. Decompress.
1: Decompress together is always yeah. nice.
0: Yeah. And, it was and especially good. when you're sharing a house, too. But yeah. you
1: get to have, I think, even better moments. Like, some of mm-hmm. you will stay up later together some yeah. nights. And mm-hmm. it's not like a hotel room where you're kind of put apart and things like mm-hmm. that. It's nicer. It's different. Yeah.
0: You know, my sister's boyfriend was there and we used to be really good friends a long time ago and we hadn't talked in a couple of years, just, you know, distance and everything that's been going on. And we actually hung out and we were up and it was just the two of us on the porch and it was to like almost one in the morning and we were laughing so hard. We were having, and now I just remember thinking like, this is just like old times. Like Mm -hmm. it was so nice to like see him and hang out because we hadn't spent any time together in a while and, and that was like. It was just so nice. Like, I remembered while we were friends and, like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, it was just, it was so good. Like, it felt like just that we really came together and it was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. It's nice to sometimes reconnect. Like, I always feel like I'm close to my family members or the people around mm-hmm. my family. But, you know, sometimes you step back and you're like, God, it's been like a year since the two of us have sat yeah, down. And yeah. And had a that conversation. Was, that was a literally time, Just mm-hmm. us.
0: Yeah, it had been like almost two years. I mean, I guess like a year and a half, I guess, since I'd seen him. Like, it was a long time. But the other thing that I loved is that my dad told me the entire week about 90 Day Fiance. And I have no idea. I was just like, "Uh mm -hmm, mm uh-huh. He just wanted somebody to tell about it. And I would have been there. I would have been good at this. I, can't, I know. No. I kept thinking. I was like, "Why doesn't he just talk to Melissa? Like, I wish he would just text you, but he's not good at texting. I wish he would just like call and talk to you about it because he he just needs somebody to talk to you about it. Because nobody you do. else. He I don't know how he it. does
1: it. How he doesn't have like one person. Not to. Talk. I have a Ruby yeah. Romance listener I text with. Like, <laughs> we've never even met. I don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> And we text like every week, every Sunday. It's
0: like on. You have to have somebody to talk to about that. That's what he was telling me. He Because he was watching that one episode. He was like, I think she's a lesbian. And I was like, who? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, he starts telling me. I'm like, I don't know who this person is. But I know already that she, has, she hasn't she has slept with a guy. But one time, she gave all his presents away for Christmas. She gave them all to her girlfriends. She stays at her girlfriend's house. She had a photo of her in bed with the girlfriend. He's like, yeah, I, I, mean, think he's I think lesbian. they've slept together more than mm-hmm. that. But I don't know. I don't know. He's convinced, okay? He's got a conspiracy theory. I had never thought about it that way, but now
1: I'm trying to, like, think back. I'm like, maybe Mm -hmm. he's talking about uh, Natalie and Mike, which everybody, if you've been watching, knows who Natalie and Mike is. And, of course, we all know, because if you follow the blogs, that they are now broken Mm -hmm. up. And she is going to be on Single Life. Mm -hmm. So, we'll get to jump into that we'll do it find
0: out now but he killed me because he looked at me and he leaned real close he was like, i think she eats from both sides of the buffet <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what the fuck did you say? i think she's i like, i know i was like both sides of the buffet i was like you old man get out of my face I died. this is they're like
1: i think both of these people are like toxic mm-hmm. Or toxic to each other. They're the type of relationship you find out when you're like, you hear about them being with somebody mm-hmm. and you're like, I can't believe that either one of them act that way. They yeah. are what, it's what one another person can make toxic. Yeah. She pushes yeah. every one of his buttons and he's the most laid back person her he was. And like, like all that- the passive aggressiveness just floods out of him onto him and it makes him look disgusting. And yeah. I'm like, only she can bring that out to him.
0: It's like the every relationship when you're 20. You know, yeah. like, where it's, like, super toxic, tragic, like, go dependent It's you're like, true. This I think about the yeah. shit I would fight about with my husband when I was, like, in my early 20s. It was so mm-hmm. stupid. Right? The dumbest
1: <laughs> shit.
0: God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have something else. I have lots of stuff to talk about, especially books I've read lately. But there has been one thing that's been on my mind for, like, the past week. And I wanted to know, have you ever wanted to rewrite a story before like you read a book and you were like I could have done that so different maybe not even better like the story just didn't go or right. yeah have you done that before have you ever been compelled to like write it to just be like not oh, super
1: compelled me. to write it but think mm-hmm. god I wish I could have like made a few changes or this mm-hmm. could have been better if it went this mm-hmm. way or mm-hmm. I mean I'm sure I think every idea probably spins from another idea that you think yeah. you could do better or how it should have went or how you thought it was going to go which is yeah, a completely yeah. different idea
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the there was a meme that got passed around in our Read Me Romance group, and it was the picture, and I think it's from um well, I know it's from Eclipse, the Twilight movie, the third one. And Edward is like in Jacob's face, and the on the meme, it's the words and the word these words are not said in the movie, but it says, You begged her to kiss you. She begged me to fuck her. We're not the same. And I was like, Why was that not in the book? I know. (laughs) That's really good. That was so fucking hot. Like somebody wrote that and I was like, that's a fucking lot. I don't know if that's from another book or from another movie or whatever, but like it was perfect for that scenario. And all I can think about is that I want to go back and rewrite Twilight and make it nasty. Like, I want the whole book to be like that. Yeah. You know, and I text, um, I, te- I actually text Jenica Snow. We, like, she, I posted that picture on Instagram and she was like, oh my God, please write that. Like, please, please God, write this story. And I was like, no, I need you to do it so it's a surprise. And she was <laughs> like... She was like, "I just have semen all over her," and I'm like, "Exactly, that's what I want." (laughs) And then I text her, and I was like, I said on there something like, I was texting her and LB about it at the same time, and I was like, I said, I want Bella to come downstairs in Daisy Dukes and a crop top, and I want Edward to like finger her on the way to school. (laughs) Like that's the kind of shit that I want to happen. Like you want it to be erotic. Yes! And so, like, you know, E.L. James wrote fan fiction for Twilight. That's how, that's how, um, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey came about. It, she read the book Twilight, and she wrote, she rewrote Twilight as two humans, one of them is a dom, one is a submissive. That's how it happened. And so, but I never re, I never considered rewriting the real story from a perspective that it was just filthy, And because there, there is so much about it that's like tender and innocent and sweet, but like, there's also, there is something missing when the book is over. Like, I mean, they never, obviously there's never like a detailed sex scene. There's not any sort of description. It's just like, it all fades to black. And so, you know, that happens, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I haven't read many books that the love story was so good that you didn't need intimacy, And that was one where, like, the love story is good, but I feel like it still needed that intimacy, you know, that that was something that's missing.
1: Yeah. I think I'll always want a little bit of intimacy.
0: Yeah. I need the kiss.
1: I need, Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know, a little bit. You know, you don't have Mm -hmm. to give
1: me one after another, after another, Mm -hmm. after another, Mm -hmm. but I want something. I want to hear what's going on in their head, you know, have those same emotions that you Mm -hmm. would have or you...
0: I just need a little bit like a like an, an, a more relatable response to something, you know, yeah. like even like you don't even have to talk about his dick, like just to say like they're in bed together. They're holding each other like, you know, yeah. that kind of and then the movie gave you actually a little more of that because yeah. it showed like glimpses and stuff of them in bed together. And that was great. But, you know, after such a long buildup and such a big series with 800 page books, like, come on you know, like there just wasn't the happy ending. And that even E.L. James said that she was like, it was like the, she was like, I finished the books. And she was like, I kind of just was left wanting more. And she was like, and then I was like, this needs to be erotic. Like this needs to be, you know, and she went into that. But I really just want like, I want to write, rewrite a story, like their story, but again, like make it dirty. So, I don't know. <laughs> Stephanie Meyer, please don't sue me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, please don't sue me. I love your books. Um, so, it, I don't know. It's just, it, that's really been a month. That meme was just so fucking, maybe I'll just write a book. Like, we'll just, our next story, we'll put that in it, okay? All right. So, we'll just make that meme happen. But, in the same vein of, like, long books with little intimacy, I've been reading Mariana Zapata, like, when I oh, was stop. on vacation. Yeah, when I was on vacation last week, I finished the book. It's called The Best Thing. And I think I talked about, I can't remember which one I was reading last time. Oh, I read Colty. I finished Colty. That was a soccer player one. And it was really, really good. Like, I understand why people like it. It was awesome. He is such a dick in that book. Like, such an asshole. And Yeah, he totally has to like grovel the whole book and redeem himself. And he does. And it's perfect. So the one after that, that started, I didn't even read the blurb. I just, I was like, this one's next. And I just started it up. I didn't know a fucking thing about this book. And it's called The Best Thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I, I don't know that I would have read it if somebody would have explained it to me. But it's about a woman who's an, she's a retired MMA fighter. And she owns a gym. It's her family's gym. And she runs it. And she was in, it's a secret baby book. And you find that out, like, first, I think the first two chapters or something, you find out it's a secret baby. And I'm not one to, like, run after those. Like, they're okay. But I'm always like, oh, I don't know. Because they're really, you know, like you, they have to be, like, a certain kind of thing. Like, there has to be a miscommunication. The guy has to come back, not for the baby, but for her. Yeah, he can't, she
1: can't have been going to keep it from him the whole time. She was eventually going to go back.
0: Yeah, yeah, or, like, she tried to tell him, or, like, he hasn't been with anybody else. Like, there's so many stipulations around a secret baby book that it's so hard to find one that's perfect, and I'm just like, never mind this one's perfect. (laughs) So anyway, so she owns a a gym. It's her family gym. Her grandpa raised her. Her dad died actually before she was born. And so um, anyway, so she was doing her like fighting and stuff abroad. She was in like France, I think, or something. And she met this guy who was a rugby player and he was on break. And like in two weeks, they fell like in, in love basically. And they just fucked like rabbits. And so he went back to play rugby with his team like right after that. And they were supposed to meet back up or something. And when he did, he got like severely injured. And so he ended up he was in the hospital for like months and months. I think it may be even a year. No, you're fine. Um, so yeah, so he was it was maybe almost a year that he was in there. And um when and like he was so upset that he thought like his career was over and all this stuff. And so, uh you know, it's a lot of this is discovered at the beginning and he explains it to her right away. So anyway, so he goes on to keep playing after that, like after his rehab and stuff, because he has to he has to finish out his contract or something like that. But she tries to, like, email him and message him. And through the whole book, you read, like, her emails and text messages and stuff. Like, she, the is read out. And the narrators are so fucking good. Because the guy's from New Zealand. He has a gorgeous accent. And um. so, anyways, this guy is, like, fucking huge rugby player. And he comes to find her, like, afterwards and explain, like, what happened. And then she's standing there and she's got his baby. And he's, like... He, like, wobbles on his feet. He's like, what? What? (laughs) You know? And, like, but he's so – he's, like, kind of shy and sweet and kind. But he's just like, "Mm, we're together. Like, it's okay. Like, I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. Like, it's okay. I'll wait for you to fall in love. It's all right. (laughs) Like, it was just, like, he's so in love. Yeah, and so in love with her. And he's like, I love everything about you. He was like, even if you only hold my hand for the rest of my life, I'll take it. He's like, I'll take anything. I love you. And so, like, and the book is about, you know, their relationship and how they get through this. And their sex scene again, like, it's only a few pages, but it is detailed. And it's enough. Like, it's it's enough that when they have sex, you're like, yes, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. And then the epilogue is 20 years later and I like that I just started boohooing like when I'm listening to the epilogue I was just sobbing because like it meant so much because you connect with like her and him and their kids and the grandfather Mm -hmm. and like all these this beautiful family she has a great way of doing best friends and family dynamic like big families that all love each other she has an incredible way to do that so like I really can't recommend this book enough if you like secret baby books at all it is long like it's I think the audio was like 20 hours maybe, but God, it's worth it. And the narrators are so good. So I finished The Best Thing, and I was so sad when it was over that I immediately started another one that our friend recommended, and it's called By Thread by Lucy Score. And I don't know if if you've heard of this one or not. This one is enemies to lovers, Mm -hmm. and I'm not normally, again, it's not something I would have picked up. But in, like, the very beginning, this guy is just a kid. I love a dick hero. I I love it. So it's the friend that recommended
1: it. I know she does.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so, but this girl is mouthy as fuck. She's from New Jersey. She wears hoops. I was like, like, did you write this book? But, um, yeah, so anyways... He walks into this pizza place and he's like pissed off. He's having to do this. He's meeting his mom and blah, blah. And like, he's rude to the waitress who's like, hasn't done anything to him. And she's like, you got to get off your phone. She's points to the sign. She was like, no phones in here. And he was like, whatever, whatever. And like, basically she's just like, shut off your phone, asshole. And like calls him out. And so he gets pissed and like calls her manager and all this stuff. And so she's like, okay, and she comes out, and she brings them a pizza, and it spells out F-U on the pizza, and I was like, I'm in, (laughs) like, I'm in for this, so, um. So, yeah, so she did this with the pizza. And then it's like the mom, this is, again, this is in like the first two chapters. The mom hires her to come work at the company that he's at. They all She owns the company and he works for her. And she was like, you come work for me. He can't fire you. And, like, she works, the the girl, the heroine, ends up working for the dude. And they're just, like, yelling at each other. and She's like, you can't fire me. I don't care. You're an <laughs> asshole. Like, it's so good. And then, but it's like day two of meeting her. He like starts sending food to her office and like following her after work and listening to her calls. And he's like, "You need this is enough, okay? You need to quit. <laughs> you know, <he's, laughs> You're distracting me." <laughs> he's so and so. What is so good about this book too is again, it's by a thread by Lucy Score. She is just so fucking broke. Her dad has dementia. He's been put into a home, and she's trying to fix up the house so she can sell it and make enough money to put it to, to put him in this home to keep him there. And she has no money. Like she's missing meals. Like she works five jobs. And so it ends up, she's like down to the last day and she has to make this one payment. And this might be a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to know anything about the book, just fast forward about a minute. Um, she ends up, she does amateur night at a strip club oh, and shit. he fucking follows her there and he pays $5,000 for a lap dance and she's like, hell yeah, I'm doing it. And so she goes in and she sees it, Sam, and she's like, no, I'm not doing it. And he's like, they already charged my card. Get over here. <laughs> like It's just so good.
1: That sounds really like, good. Oh my now God.
0: I am telling you, by the time you get to that point, you're like, fucking yes, on his dick. Like, it is so good. <laughs> good oh my god and she's like mad the whole time she's doing it and oh my god there's this. okay okay if you if you tune back in fast forward again (laughs) because this is another little spoiler but there's like this scene where he goes in the bathroom and he's like jerking off and she like catches him and she goes in front of him and like takes off her panties and gives it to him so he can like use them to jerk off Mm -hmm. oh my god so hot but like the again this is a book it's a lot it's probably a little bit longer it's three or four hundred pages maybe but you really so connect with the
1: characters and stuff.
0: Yeah. When you get time in a book like that, you really fall in love with them. I will say I wasn't crazy about the female narrator. She sounded a little like Jennifer Gardner to me, weirdly. Like My I do not why... like her for some reason. I love her. Really? It's not that I don't love her. I just didn't know if it fit the heroine. I was going to see. We Who bicker is... about it a lot. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Of course you do. Um, but the male narrator in this was fantastic. Uh, Sebastian York. I think, like, Everybody he's kind of, like, him. big. Yeah, he, he does. He has a great voice. It's, like, really rough and growly and pissed off. So he does great. The other girl is Erin Malone. And so, I mean, she was good. There was just, like, something about it. I was like, oh, you know, she seemed kind of sweet and innocent. And then I was like, this, this bitch would be, like. girl is beat. not her. Like, yeah. No, no. She was, she's no Jennifer Garner. Although she is, like, heart of gold, like, really kind of everybody but him yeah like she's a dick to him and it's like really the reverse you know because you're like oh I want the hero to be a dick to everybody but her she's a she's nice to everybody except him I like that so it really is like a flip yeah I know I was like fucking get on him So I can't read that. I can't recommend that one enough. Um, by thread by Lucy Score. That was, I had read Lucy Score, but maybe like some of her older books, and I in my mind I just had her put in a box, where I was like, oh, she's like contemporary, like, you know, easy, whatever. Like, oh, you know, maybe not like exactly what I want, Mm -hmm. but this was like perfect. It was safe, sexy, just. Fun, a little angsty, but also, like, in the best way. And the heroine just was, like, snappy, and he was mad. It was, like, it was perfect. And, you know, I even said, like, I'm afraid to read another book by her because this one was so good. Mm -hmm. But it also should tell me that she's probably got other books I'm going to fucking love, too. So I know I mentioned from Lukov with Love by Mariana Zapata. I started another book by her, and it's Wait For It or no shit, uh, Dear Erin, and it is about one of the, um, the sister in From Lukov with Love. So, if anybody wants to, those books are connected. This book that I'm reading now, it's a girl that writes to, he's in the military. It's, uh, letters they write back and forth, and I don't know if the format changes in the book, but every... Every, every time it switches, it's just them reading a letter to each other and they're answering questions and they're talking back and forth. So it's kind of nice. Like it's basically just dialogue, the Mm -hmm. whole book of them like talking to each other and there's not like inner thoughts or anything. So it's like you learn as they learn. And so like, it's, I love it so far. I've been listening to it and I love the concept too of a pen pal. I think, you know, we did, um, PS your mind. And people love that book so much because they're like, oh, the, you know, who's in the military? She wrote letters. Like, this is so cute. So, if you want a long version of that, get um, Dear Erin by Mariana Zapata. If you want the shortened diet version, get P.S. Your Mind, not like Sorelli. That's all I can say about that. So, I asked you earlier, I said, what have you been reading? And you were like, I haven't. I've been watching TV. So, now I want to know, like, what have you been watching?
1: I. I ended up in, I was supposed to go to Florida, but it's crazy down in Florida. So I ended up in Philly this week and we had no plans because the virus is on the uphill. So we just stayed in a hotel room. We were like, what are we going to do? And we watched, (laughs) we downloaded um, uh, Mob Wives, the reality show. Yes. And we sat in that bed for like four days and we watched Mob Wives. We got through like two and a half seasons.
0: How many seasons are there? Six. Holy shit! I had no idea there was that many. But
1: I forgot because I watched this when it was live years and years ago. And uh-huh. as we're watching this, me and her both are watching it. We were like, I forgot this. Like it was like really <laughs> shocking things that happened. Like I like right before it was about to happen on the show. I like turned around. I was like, Oh, he's such and such. And you're like, it's actual <laughs> newsworthy things. Like newsworthy yeah. CNN things happen during the filming of this Mob Wives show, reality show. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, like one of the biggest buffs in Mafia, or a bust in Mafia history happened. Like a hundred and something people were, uh, whatever, arrested arrested and and all kinds of shit. But they're actually, this reality show caught some of those moments. Holy shit, Of these women experiencing the moments, like watching the TV and stuff like that. And their family members being arrested and things like that. Yeah. One
0: girl is yeah. actually
1: on the phone, like, trying to find out what's happened, and she can hear them, and she starts to, like, scream bloody murder.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. So, but exciting. I just forgot
1: how good it was.
0: So, how many episodes are there, or how long are they? Are different
1: there- seasons are different long. Some are, like, 12 mm-hmm. episodes. Some are, like, 15 and 16, but I've just been, like, listening to it nonstop, yeah. even since I got back home. I laid in bed all day yesterday and watched, like, a whole season, I think.
0: I was wondering how long the episodes were. Like, if it was something, like, they're, like, an hour long. I kind of like when they're long like that. Because you, you like, same thing with a long book. Mm-hmm. You get time to meet the characters, develop the story, that sort of thing. Well, you've got some of the
1: same characters for almost six seasons. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. each episode's like, 45 minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you get yeah. to know everybody. But it's I crazy to watch these women, like. I don't know. Now i even been calling my kids like rats. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop being a rat. Get out of my kitchen.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. So what else have you been watching anything besides that? What did you eat when you were in Philly? Did You you went to Reading Terminal. Yes. I know actually, you sent so me pictures. About- I was like, I know what you ate.
1: But it was terrible. The picture was so good. We stopped and got like we went to this one place and it had like funnel cake and a corn dog and fries mm-hmm. and we sat down and I'm like we take a picture and then we go to eat and I'm like this is so not worth it it looks yeah. so much better in the picture.
0: No, the, in Reading Terminal, there's the Dutch one. It's like the or the Amish ladies that are there. Yes, I see that. Yep, they make the homemade pretzels and they wrap the hot dogs in the homemade fresh pretzels. I didn't
1: get that. I've seen them and I always love those, but I always get those when I go to Jersey. Like, it's right Uh down the street from my friend's house. So I eat them Mm -hmm. all the time. And then I seen the funnel cake and I was like, oh, it's called like Fox something. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I can't remember no. though. There's also that sandwich place. I'm surprised you didn't get that cuz that's like the big one that's there too where they do the, like the broccoli rob on top of the like turkey and stuff. It's like a shaved turkey sandwich. I'm so fucking hungry right now.
1: But we made a, <laughs> we actually ate the room service. The hotel was like it was a Four Seasons at the Comcast. Yeah. And the hotel was interesting. So you walk into the lobby, and the lobby only goes to the – or you walk into the main floor, the bottom floor, and it's takes yeah. – you take an elevator to the lobby. You can only go to the lobby. And you go up in a glass elevator. Oh, and shit. you see the outside of the building, and it takes you up to, like, the 60th floor. And the hotel is between floors, like, 50 and 70.
0: Damn. So
1: then you go to the lobby, and then you go to another bank of elevators to go up and down. Oh, my God. But it's, like, a brand-new hotel or something because it's so high-tech that, like – you don't have to call anybody for nothing. You order, mm-hmm. there's an iPad when you walk in.
0: Oh, I like that. That's a, the hotel in a Universal, the Aventura. Mm-hmm. It's like that, I didn't even where have you have to, iPads.
1: Like, there was it's no a new ice one, machines or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I text. I'm like, can I get such and such? And they're like, right yeah. up. So I didn't have to call nobody for nothing ever. Oh, I Just love text, that. Just text, text,
0: text, text. <laughs> I love
1: that. It was awesome.
0: I was going to say, there is a place in writing, if you come in, I don't remember which side of the street it's on, but it's like right when you walk in the door. That's, um, like, I guess it's, like, an Asian uh, little booth or whatever. And they have, like, fresh duck hanging up. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, like, do the crispy duck skin and stuff. They'll have that hanging up. They have, like, the best soup dumplings there. Oh, my God. It's, like, a vegetable soup and broth. And then they'll put, like, the pork dumplings in it. And I just want to, like, bathe in it when I'm there.
1: I'm such a creature, oh creature of habit. That, like, we really didn't leave the mm-hmm. hotel that much.
0: Yeah. That's um.
1: I can eat the worms. I think I ate, like, the chicken, like, three times in a row. <laughs> but it was really good. They had, like, some Parmesan yeah. crisp chicken thing. I was like, this is, like, the best piece of chicken I've ever ate.
0: I'm not but, surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm all right let's tell you a little bit about the book we're here to talk about today <laughs> anyone but you by may harden um it's a sugar creek novella i told you earlier where to find it may and i read her author bio but i'm going to read you the book bio for the one you're about to listen to It was supposed to be quick, oh sorry, her name I guess is Sutton. It was supposed to be a quick boat trip out to the island one morning, just enough time to get the photos I need for my research grant, but nothing ever goes according to plan. The ship captain I'm expecting is replaced at the last minute, leaving me stuck with Dean Carpenter, cocky, charming, and unfairly sexy. My best friend's older brother is six and a half feet worth of thorn in my side. The more time I spend with Dean, the more I'm, the more I grudgingly have to admit he's not the teenager I remember. He still loves to push my buttons, but he's found new ones in places I can't resist. Dean, filling in for my brother, was ne- has never had a better view. When Sutton O'Brien turns up on my pier, the mouthwatering curves are all new, but her fiery spirit is just as intoxicating as I remember. Stranded by a heart-pounding accident and a storm of biblical proportions, I'm given the one thing I want more than anything else. One more time with my uptight little historian. Now I have to show her how right we are for each other, in bed and out. I love it. I love it. That sounds so cute. A good sea captain. (laughs) I love it. So we're going to go ahead and let you get into the first installment. Um, We'll tell you about the giveaway and all the good stuff on the other side. So we'll see you then. Honey and Growls by Lonnie Reed. Celestial Falls, book two in Kindle Unlimited. A tiger, a wolf, and a dragon walk into a bar. This isn't the beginning of a joke, it's the start of my evening. My bar, the Honey Pot, is the most popular spot in town. As a grizzly bear shifter, I'm big and bad enough to keep order with the rowdy biker crowd Well, mostly. Meeting her changes everything. The curvy little spitfire is on a mission to bring me to my knees and my bear is ready to roll over and beg for more. With my hackles raised and my guard down, I don't realize my lonely heart has been stolen. I can't deny myself or my bear any longer. Burning with the urge to claim my mate, I decide it's time to make my move. I won't let anyone stand in my way. Look out, little honey, your growly bear is coming for you. I love this so much. <laughs> honey and Growls by Lonnie Reed. Grab it now in Kindle Unlimited.
2: This is Anyone But You. A Sugar Creek Novella by May Harden. Read for you by Matthew Maddox. Sutton. Fog swirls around me as I check my watch for the thirteenth time. The summer heat will burn it away in a few hours, but for now, Sugar Creek Maine, is covered in a soft white blanket of mist. It would be magical if I weren't so annoyed. Where is he? I whisper into the fog. As if I've conjured him, a hulking shadow stomps toward me along the dock. When I realize who it is, my heart beats faster. Dean, what are you doing here? Good morning to you too, sunshine. Where's your brother? He takes a sip from his coffee cup and scrutinizes me with his whiskey eyes, making me wait for his answer. Ignoring the little tingle that always runs up my spine when he looks at me, I lift my eyebrows in a silent challenge. Which one? He smirks as he shrugs past me, heading toward the boats. I trail after him, crossing my arms over my chest. If there is one person in this tiny-ass town who I don't want to be stuck with alone on a boat, it's Dean Carpenter, my best friend's older brother. When we were kids, he made it his personal mission to annoy me at every turn. He'd interrupt me in the library and tease me when I'd skip parties to study. As if that weren't bad enough, I watched him flirt with and charm every girl in town. Everyone except me. When it came to me, Dean was more interested in what buttons he could push to piss me off. Once he found them, he'd slam his hand down on them repeatedly. Muriel said Jake was taking me out to the island. Dean chuckles, a warm deep sound that hangs in the thick air. Muriel says a lot of things, but you've been gone so long, maybe you've forgotten. It hasn't been that long. For instance, I've been back long enough to witness the way he walks around town with that cocky-ass smirk, like he's God's gift to Sugar Creek. Though, I can grudgingly admit that if I looked that good, I might be a little smug too. Dean takes a long step onto the dock of a huge white boat. Carpenter Excursions is splashed across the side, along with a silhouette of three whales breaching the surface of the sea. I'm momentarily distracted by the way his jeans wrap around his butt, but then he opens his mouth again, ruining the fantasy. Look, Sutton, this isn't my first choice for a Monday morning either. Jake booked this adventure as a favorite to Muriel, and then conveniently came down with a cold There's a massive storm heading this way later tonight, and seeing as we are the exclusive excursion company in Sugar Creek, you're stuck with me. Or you could swim, but you might mess up your hair, and we can't have that. He offers me that smirk again, and I have a strong desire to smack him. I don't have time to wait out a storm, and I suspect he knows it. The deadline for this grant closes in a week, and I have a mountain of paperwork to finish for it. Fine. Let's go, I huff. He holds out a hand to help me onto the boat, but I ignore it, grabbing the railing and jumping across on my own. Stubborn woman, he chuckles as he turns toward the helm. Cocky ass, I mutter. I head toward one of the bench seats, but Dean stops me, holding up a finger for me to wait. He digs a faded orange life jacket out from under the bench seats. He stands over me. Brows furrowed, and I don't think I realized until this exact moment how much bigger he's gotten since I last saw him. Dean's taller, sure, but he's also thicker, wider, harder. And as much as I hate to admit it, that scruffy beard is doing him every favor. It's extremely irritating. Arms, he grunts. Huh? Dean sighs. Your arms, Sutton. Put them in. I do as he says before my brain catches up, slipping my arms into the stiff vest. I fumble with the buckle, but he pushes my hands aside, clipping me in. He's so close his breath whispers over my collarbone. His hair looks damp, like he's freshly showered. A little shiver runs through my body, even though I hate myself for reacting to him. Does he have to smell so good? Dean's eyes lock on mine as he slips a hand under the shoulder of the jacket, holding me in place as he cinches the straps down so hard they squeeze my ribs. Oof, ease up. It's tight enough. I smack his hands away and step back, loosening the straps. Dean winks at me before striding back to the front of the boat shrugging on his own vest. Safety first, sunshine, he calls over his shoulder. Seagulls scream overhead as we motor out of the marina. Dean has a map pulled up on a screen, and he studies it as we get up to speed, the boat bouncing over the waves. Jake said you're trying to get some kind of grant for Witchwood Island, Dean calls. The wind pulls my hair out of my neatly pinned bun, whipping it around my face and I have to hold it in a ponytail to keep it out of my mouth. Research, Grant! I shout over the roar of the wind. The boat heaves over a large swell, and my stomach drops, a wave of nausea washing over me. This does not bode well for the rest of the trip. A month ago, the old historian at the town museum passed away. My mom called me up that afternoon, alternating between weeping over Fred's passing and gleefully begging me to apply for his position. You'd be running your own museum, sweetheart. Think how nice that would be. And the museum needs some modernization. You could do that. Fred never was very good with technology. Oh, poor Fred. She wasn't wrong. The appeal of running my own facility, even a tiny one, was more than I could resist. The museum board which is conveniently filled with my mother's bingo buddies, offered me the position about seven minutes after I applied on the town website. Apparently nepotism is alive and well in Sugar Creek. The boat lifts and does another sickening drop over the back of a wave. My insides twist, nausea overwhelming every other sensation. Dean glances at me, brows furrowed. You okay back there? You look a little green around- I don't catch whatever colorful euphemism he offers because, at that exact moment, my stomach tries to exit my body through my esophagus. Dean. I haven't seen little Sutton O'Brien in years. And damn, if she didn't grow up hot. The curves might be new, but that spitfire attitude is just as I remembered it. Sutton and my sister Kenna were joined at the hip as kids, but she never thought much of me. On the rare occasion I could pull Sutton's attention away from her books, it only ever earned me a glare. Although, a glare from Sutton was always more fun than fuck-me eyes from anyone else. But Sutton isn't glaring now. In fact, she looks white as a sheet, her eyes wide and unfocused. I run whale-watching excursions all day, every day. So I know the expression of someone who forgot their Dramamine. You okay back there? You look a little green around the- Sutton whips around and kneels on the bench, leaning out over the water as she loses her breakfast. Oh shit, I mutter, slowing the boat to a stop. The wind is kicking her hair up in red wisps around her face. She's trying to hold it back while clinging to the railing, and tossing her cookies. But it's not going well. So I do the gentlemanly thing. I gather the silky strands and hold it out of her face while she dry heaves over the side of my boat. Don't look at me, she moans. You think I haven't seen people Chuck, before? I let my fingers dig into her hair just a little. Holding back hair is 50% of the job, Sutton. Don't pull my hair, Dean. You know I hate that how can you be so sure? I haven't pulled it in at least a decade. Maybe you'll like it better this time. Sutton squints up at me, green eyes wide and disbelieving. Are you really making dirty jokes while I vomit? Well, I figured you were nearly done, so... I shrug and grin at her. She rolls her eyes, reaching up to push my hand away. How thoughtful, she deadpans. Her fingers slide over mine as she takes her hair back. I let her go, trying to ignore the prickle at the back of my neck at her touch. Shaking out my hand, I go to the cooler and pull out a cold Dr. Pepper, holding it out to her. She stares at it, shaking her head. I don't drink soda. It'll make you feel better, sunshine. Just take it. Sutton sighs, but takes the can anyway. There are over 4,000 islands off the coast of Maine, but Witchwood is the closest to Sugar Creek. I'm not sure what Sutton plans to research on the little hunk of rock, but then I'm just here to drive the boat. As we get close, I slow down. Sutton gets to her feet, looking like she might lose it again. What are we looking for? She pulls out a laminated photocopy and shows me an aged sketch of the island with slanted script around the edges. She points to a large crescent-shaped cove. There would have been a dock here and some fishing shacks up above. I study the island, pulling the boat around until I spot the cove. This feels like one step away from reliving my goonies phase. Sutton sighs. Honestly, I'll be thrilled to find anything left at all. It wasn't even a permanent settlement, just a spot for local fishermen to take a break. So, a glorified man cave? Sutton's full lips pull to one side, like she's trying to suppress a grin. If you have to be reductive, I guess. We motor into the cove, and sure enough, the moldering remains of an old dock are sticking out of the water. I steer clear of it, dropping the first anchor off the bow as we crawl along. Once we get close enough, I kill the engine and lift the motor. I head for the stern, whipping my shirt off over my head and unbuttoning my jeans as I go. Excuse me, what are you doing? Sutton looks horrified. I wink at her as I drop my pants, revealing my swimming trunks underneath, reveling in the brief glint of intrigue that flashes across her face. But then she purses her lips, annoyed at me all over again. I jump off the back, grab the second anchor line, and start pulling the mammoth of a boat toward shore. Can't you just do that thing where you run the boat up on the sand? Sutton shouts over my splashing. Only if you want it to wash away at high tide or risk capsizing, I call back. You're not afraid of getting wet, are you? Her face goes beet red. Huh, little Sutton has a dirty mind. I file that away for later, pulling the boat as shallow as I dare before dropping the anchor. I turn my attention back to the boat to help offload Sutton's back. But the sight of her has me grinning so hard my cheeks hurt. Her eyes are wide, pretty pink lips parted, and expression unfocused as she stares at my abs. Staring might not be quite right. Gawking? That fits. Scooping up a handful of water, I pour it over my chest, letting it trail down my muscles. Her cheeks flush, and she blinks slowly. I'd laugh out loud if her response didn't turn me on so much. See something you like, sunshine? I call up to her, settling my hands on my hips. Sutton's eyes meet mine, wide with guilt. Busted. She whips back around and starts adjusting buckles on her backpack. I climb back up the ladder and grab a towel, standing next to her and dripping water all over the deck as I dry myself off. You can look all you want, I tease her. She blushes but continues pretending I don't exist. So I lean down, angling my face in front of hers. She peers up at me through her lashes. I'm still single, in case you were wondering. Sutton squeezes her eyes shut. A soft strangled scream vibrates in her throat, before she looks back up at me, exasperated. She balls her hands into fists and then extends her fingers like she can't decide whether to punch me or push me away. Do you ever get tired of being so, so... charming? Insufferable? I grin down at her and flex my pecs. Never. It's a gift, really. Sutton. I wonder how often Dean gets slapped I feel like it has to be a disproportionately high number compared to the average man. Every word out of his mouth seems to be calculated to either ruin my panties or send me into a blind rage, and I'm ping ponging so fast between the two extremes that I can't get my head straight. Dean climbs down into a little cabin at the front of the ship, pulling out a backpack. He stuffs his clothes and shoes inside, slinging it over his shoulder. He hops down into the water and gestures for me. Let's go, Sutton. I eye the water at the back of the boat. It's only mid-thigh for Dean, but that's at least waist-deep for me, and I'm worried about getting my camera wet. I don't fully trust the waterproof bag it's stashed in. He rolls his eyes at my hesitancy and offers me a hand. I take it reluctantly, lowering myself toward the water. But at the last second... Dean pulls me off the little deck, tossing me over his shoulder. Oof. He's already splashing toward the beach by the time my brain has fully comprehended what he's doing. But by the time we reach the shoreline, I'm steaming mad. He sets me on my feet with a self-satisfied smirk. I swat at his chest. Don't pick a woman up without her consent, caveman. Dean just grins at me like I'm adorable and digs his shirt and shoes back out of his backpack. Ass. He puts his shoes on first, anything to go shirtless a minute longer. The muscles in his tan back twist and flex, tapering down to what surely has to be the greatest ass to ever sit under a pair of swim trunks. I need to look somewhere else, literally anywhere else. If he catches me staring at his ridiculous body one more time, I might actually die of embarrassment. So I start walking. Short rocky cliffs shelter the sandy cove on both sides, and there's a gentle slope up the beach to the scraggly underbrush and a small stand of pine trees. My heart beats faster when I spot a straight line of stones and some rotted boards. Oh my God. That might have been one of the shacks. Dean tromps after me as I dig my camera out of its waterproof bag. You can wait on the beach, I say. I'll be fine. Besides, I doubt you'll find it very exciting, since it's not wearing a bikini or throwing itself at you. What's that supposed to mean? He squints at me, the little crinkles next to his eyes deepening. Never mind, I mutter. It doesn't matter. It matters to me. Just because someone throws something in my direction doesn't mean I catch it, Sutton. He stands by my side, and I can feel his eyes on me. So I glance up feeling like a jerk until he gives me a wolfish grin. Besides, maybe I want to see what excites you. And there it is. Suit yourself, I shrug, walking away so he can't see me blush. We move slowly, Dean asking questions while I snap photos of everything I can find. He seems genuinely curious. And when he forgets to be a cocky douche canoe... He's actually pretty decent company. I shouldn't like that he's interested in my project, but it seems I can't help myself. We get to the high point of the little island a couple hours later and take a break in the rocky clearing, both of us muddy and sweaty. Dean has been watching the sky all afternoon. He hasn't said anything, but I can tell he's paying attention. As we sit, the wind shifts from blowing softly in my face to a hair-whipping frenzy at our back. Dean's eyes go wide, and he gets to his feet, shoving stuff back into his pack. We need to go, Sutton, right now. Why? Dean points at the dark clouds in the distance. The storm is coming early. He places a hand on my lower back, gently pushing me back the way we came. Knowing all too well not to test Mother Nature, I follow Dean back through the forest toward the cove, At twice the pace, we hiked up. By the time we reach the shore, the sky above us is darkening. The wind is swirling in the cove, wrapping my hair around my face as we strip our shoes off on the beach. I'm going to pick you up. Unless you're in the mood to get wet, Dean warns. I'd say we need to work on his vocabulary. But no matter how he worded that, it was going to make me blush. No, it's fine. I take my backpack off and hold it against my chest as we wade into the water. Halfway to the boat, the water is already over the hem of my shorts. Even in the protected cove, the waves are kicking up, and I'm struggling to stay on my feet. Dean watches me struggle for a minute before he's had enough. He takes my bag, slinging it over his shoulder. He hooks an arm through mine, pulling me close so he can steady me. His arm is warm against my skin, and as much as it kills me to admit it, I don't hate the way it feels. Between the rising tide and waves, I'm soaked by the time we reach the ladder. Dean puts a hand on my ass, boosting me up on the boat as a wave crashes over me. Somehow he keeps my bag dry, handing it up to me and climbing the ladder at record speed. Put your bag in the cabin if you want it to stay dry, he says flipping switches on the dash. I stash my bag and grab my life jacket as he turns the ignition on the boat. The engine revs once and then sputters. Dean's eyes widen ever so slightly, and he turns the key again. Nothing. Shit, he mutters. Shit, what? He doesn't say anything, but leans down and sniffs the panel under the steering wheel and then I smell it too. An acrid burning odor drifts on the wind. What is that? Off the boat, Dean barks as he rushes toward me. But- Dean grabs me by the life jacket and jumps into the water, taking me with him. I bob up out of the water a second later, sputtering and wiping the salty spray out of my eyes. Dean drags me back toward the beach so fast, my feet don't touch the sand until we're on dry land. What the fuck are you doing? I yell over the rising wind, smacking him on the chest as soon as I can stand on my own two feet. Something is wrong with the electrical, he yells back over the wind. It's not safe. I remember that sharp odor, and my stomach clenches. The blower wouldn't start, and if there's a spark, it could... An odd noise comes from the boat, and both of us whip around, trying to place the sound. What was. Boom! A wave of heat and a deafening explosion hit me in the chest. Dean grabs me and throws me down in the sand, covering me with his body. My ears are ringing, and I can feel Dean's breath warm on my shoulder as he sucks deep, adrenaline fueled gulps of air above me. Then his weight lifts off me, the wind chilling my wet clothes as I sit up. Staring out at the cove, I put a hand over my mouth. The boat's practically torn in two, flames licking at the fiberglass hull. At least, what little is still sticking out of the water. Most of the boat is submerged in the shallow cove. I glance at Dean, too shocked to say anything. He's staring out at the wreckage, eyes wide, and mouth gaping. He has a hand fisted in his hair, and he's pulling it so hard it looks painful. My boat, he mutters. Dean, I say, trying to ease his grip, wiggling my fingers under his. He lets go and turns to stare at me. I feel like he's moving in slow motion, but my heart is pounding a million miles an hour. Dean, Dean, what are we going to do? My hands start shaking, and he's still sitting there like a zombie. Oh shit, Dean, we're stuck out here. Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Dean. I'm paralyzed, watching the waves wash over the remnants of my boat, snuffing the last of the flames. It's all I can see. My fucking boat just blew up. It just blew up 20 yards from me and could have killed us both. Sutton could have died and it would have been my fault. Sutton's voice pierces my fog, growing louder and more frantic with every word. And we're going to die out here. What the fuck are we going to do, Dean? It's not like we can fucking swim back to Sugar Creek. I'm going to die on this stupid rock. Cool. Fucking cool. I guess you're just going to sit there and wait for the inevitable then. Her voice is so high-pitched. She sounds like a squeaky toy as she gasps for breath. She's squeezing my hand so hard she's going to leave bruises. I don't even remember taking her hand, but I squeeze it back as I run my other hand down my face, only to remember that I'm covered in sand. Sutton is full on panicking, rambling about starving to death. Sutton, I try to interrupt, but she doesn't stop. It's going to be the fucking Donner party out here, but just the two of us. And I'm telling you right now, I'm probably all stringy, Sutton. Calm your tits. I put my hand over her mouth. Outrage flashes in her emerald eyes. And I like that a hell of a lot more than the wide-eyed panic. No one is eating anyone. Although in another context, I could make a meal out of her. But I'm guessing this is a piss-poor time for dirty jokes. It's going to be fine. People know where we are. The boat has, well, had GPS. When we don't turn up back at the dock tonight, they'll come looking for us. It'll be tonight, tomorrow morning at the latest. I pull my hand away from her face and do my best to wipe the sand off her skin. She stares up into my eyes for a long moment. Oh, well, I hadn't thought of that. Sorry I panicked. Sorry I told you to calm your tits. She laughs, but then a thought strikes me give me your life jacket. Why? She asks as she unbuckles it. I take it, loosening the straps so it fits me well enough. We have emergency supplies on the boat. I'm going to see what survived. Is that safe? I don't think you should. You worried about me, Sunshine? Sutton glares at me. No, I just don't want you to die and leave me here alone. I've got this. I grin at her as I head back into the water. Debris floats around my legs, thrown around by the rising waves. I try not to think about my destroyed boat, losing business at the height of tourist season, or how close we both just came to death. There's more salvageable stuff than I had expected. The cabin is flooded, but the emergency kit is floating in the debris, unscorched. I breathe a sigh of relief. There's enough freeze dried food to keep us going for weeks. Not to mention a tent, inflatable camping mats, and filtration straws. I make a couple trips, rescuing anything useful. I even find Sutton's backpack when it tangles around my calf in the rising surf. Sutton drags things farther up the beach as I bring them to her, taking everything back to the tree line. She's focused on what she's doing, but keeps glancing up to make sure I'm okay. The sky is looking ominous, and thunder cracks overhead so I give up on salvaging and turn to shelter. There's a tent in the emergency supplies, courtesy of my brother's obsessive need to be prepared. With a lot of swearing, we get it set up under a pine tree. It's not pretty, but it'll keep us dry. We need a fire, Sutton says, standing back and admiring our ramshackle tent. I glance up at her, ready to respond, but the words die on my lips. Her wet t-shirt is plastered to her skin, outlining the swell of her hips and those tits in a way that makes my mouth water. She catches me eyeing her and shoots me a dirty look. I shrug. She's one to make faces after the way she stared at me earlier. We could try, but the storm will snuff it in about five seconds. The words are barely out of my mouth when fat raindrops start falling around us. See? I ask her with a grin. I hold the tent flap open for her. Ladies first. She rolls her eyes but steps inside. Within minutes, it's a torrential downpour. We sit in silence, eating camping rations. I watch Sutton shiver out of the corner of my eye, her wet shirt clinging to her body as she rubs her arms, pulling her legs up to her chest. You need to take off those wet clothes they'll dry. In this humidity? Not likely. I'm not sitting here in my underwear. You wanna give me your shorts? She asks sweetly. Sure, but I'm commando under here, so... Never mind, she blushes, shaking her head. Here, I won't look, I offer, laying down on the camping mat and putting an arm over my eyes. She grumbles, but I hear her peel the wet shirt off. My smile fades instantly as I imagine her naked body beside mine. I clench my fists, forcing myself to keep my eyes closed. There's a rustle as she sits back down, and then all I can hear is the pouring rain streaming down the tarp. I'm wondering how long I'm going to have to lie like this when I hear Sutton shriek, feet kicking at the floor of the tent. I jolt up, looking for a threat but all I see is skin and soft curves in a polka dot panty set. Sutton standing, bent over me in the small tent, as she brushes at her leg urgently. Her mouth-watering tits are threatening to spill out of her bra, inches from my face. I know I'm staring, but I can't help it. Her wide green eyes meet mine. She licks her lips, showing me a soft slip of pink tongue. Blood is pounding in my ears, my body screaming at me to touch her. You promised not to look. Her voice is breathy, and she's still standing over me, looking like a full fucking meal. I lay back down, clenching my jaw and closing my eyes. You screamed bloody murder. I couldn't just lay here while you died. I didn't scream. I just screamed. Fine, I screamed. There was a spider on my leg. I nod, still squeezing my eyes shut. You don't have to cover your eyes, Sutton says with a sigh. You've already seen everything. I open my eyes, but stare up at the tent. I'm not sure I can look at her and keep my hands to myself. You okay? I ask after a couple of minutes. Honestly? She laughs. No. No. I'm fully aware this is petty given our situation, but I'm itchy and dirty, and I would kill for a shower. Well, that's one thing I can fix. I get to my feet, trying to avert my eyes as I hold out a hand for her. Come here. Sutton puts her soft hand in mine, her brow furrowed as I help her to her feet. I don't give her a chance to object before pulling her out into the downpour. She gasps chest heaving in shocked breaths. Rainwater streams down her face as she gapes at me. What the hell, Dean? She yells over the deafening storm, her arms raising awkwardly as rain soaks us both. You wanted a shower, I call back, raising my palms as the sand and salt wash away. The summer rain is so warm that it feels better than sitting in the little tent. You can't just push people into the rain, asshole. Her anger spills over, and she shoves me in the chest with both palms. Not hard enough to move me, just enough to get her point across. You feel better, though, don't you? I grin at her, as she swipes water out of her face furiously. She's pissed as hell, but it's so fucking sexy. She gives me that fiery glare, breasts straining at the edge of her bra with every breath she takes. Rivulets of water stream down her body, and I'm dying to trace their path with my tongue. Could you stop smirking for like five seconds? She goes to push me again, but I catch her in my arms. I get that you're pissed, but it's not like I blew up the boat on purpose. Spoiler alert, princess. Getting stuck out here wasn't exactly at the top of my to-do list. Sutton glares up at me her rain-slicked skin moving softly against mine. She reaches up, and for a second, I think she's going to slap me. But then her warm hand wraps around the back of my neck, pulling my face down to hers. Heart pounding, I catch her mouth. Her fingers twine in my hair. Her lips part, and she moans as I lose myself in her. I wasn't exactly soft after her little shimmy in the tent. But this, the feel of her in my arms and the soft, needy sounds coming out of her are more than my body can ignore. My dick strains the front of my swimsuit, achingly hard. And I know she can feel it throbbing for her. She breaks the kiss, wiping rain off her face. This doesn't mean I like you. She yells over a roll of thunder. I grin and shake my head as I pull her close again. Of course not.
0: Untamed by Molly O'Keefe is live today. Marriage has always meant violence. I don't trust it, but it's the only thing keeping me afloat in these dark undercurrents. I'm married for safety, but I got the most dangerous thing in the world, Ronan Byrne for a husband. Now we're returning to Bishop's Landing to face our demons, mine, his. We have real enemies to conquer, but it's the fear in my heart that beats the loudest. I can't stop being in love with him, except the killer with the heart of stone doesn't love me. I don't know whose family I belong in anymore, or whether I should stay with Ronan when this is all over, but I may not live long enough to make that choice. That's Untamed by Molly O'Keefe, live today, go grab it now welcome back hey so that was the first half and you're gonna get the next on thursday make sure you enter this week's giveaway may harden is giving away a gift card and a signed paperback um you can go check our social media or in our facebook group Reading romance headquarters for all the good stuff so um and find out how to enter to win so i guess that's it i guess we'll see you guys on thursday gosh like we're finally getting back in the swing of this tell them what to do (laughs) fuck your day up make today your bitch don't be a dick bye guys bye read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance